0: Hi everybody, it's great to be with you again. There are just less than five weeks to go until Christmas and it's gonna be pretty different this year, right? I mean, 2020 has been a crazy year. So much change, so much upheaval, uncertainty, so much disappointment, loss and grief. And many of us are asking, are we even gonna be allowed to spend Christmas with our loved ones? Will we be able to mix with the members of our family? even if we can get together with our nearest and dearest for me one of the big questions this year is how are we going to celebrate christmas when we can't even sing carols together christmas without carols feels weird like strawberries without cream or tom without jerry it's going to be pretty strange and that's why today we're starting a new series in fact a whole new campaign called keep calm and carol on in a year when we won't be able to join together and sing christmas carols We're instead going to use this opportunity to ask the question and explore why our best known carols are so enduring and so popular and what we can learn from them about Christmas. Carols are so much part of what we do every year, but I wonder why we sing them in the first place. Music's been part of our culture since even before the time of Jesus. Celebrations have always involved singing and dancing in one way or another because music engages a completely different part of the brain to speech. We often see that, don't we, in uh, people who have dementia. And it unlocks emotions in a completely different way. All of us have certain songs or certain pieces of music that conjure up a particular memory or emotion. And that's true for Christmas just as much as any other celebration. And so going right back to the 1600s, Christmas carols had become part of the folk song tradition then. In times way before recorded music, they were sung every year in towns and villages to tell the story of Christmas and celebrate the Christian message of hope. The Victorians were particularly big fans and many of the carols that we know and love have survived from that era and so even though we can't sing carols together this year we can still enjoy listening to them and of course we can sing along on our own. You know musically carols have memorable and quirky tunes and because we only sing them about once a year well for one month a year they usually stay fresh. search the internet you can find multiple different versions in a whole range of musical styles from traditional choral and classical to popular and jazz folk worship versions i searched yesterday for bluegrass and for ska versions of christmas carols they're all there actually that's an indication of a song's popularity the number of times it's been recorded and re-recorded and translated into different languages cultures or musical styles And while music is the way that most of us hook into carols, it's actually the words and themes that I want us to explore in more depth. You know, many of the carols we sing today were written in times and places very different from our own. They were written by authors who were coming from a very different perspective than we are, particularly in the UK in 2020. And although they may be centuries old, some of these carols can really help us see the Christian message of Christmas from a really refreshing Perspective. So as part of this series, we're in the process of making 10 short films, each one briefly looking at a different Christmas carol. And to kick things off, we're looking at one of the most popular and the most published, Joy to the World. Despite so much uncertainty this year, as the nights draw in and the weather gets colder and the John Lewis advert comes on TV, we can be sure of one thing, Christmas is coming. But how much do you feel like celebrating in 2020? We're starting a series called Keep Calm and Carol On, looking at familiar carols and what they might mean for us today. And we're beginning with joy to the world. beat words are based on Psalm 98 in the Bible. It's a song that celebrates God's universal kingship, how he saved Israel, a nation from slavery, and how he ultimately extends his offer of salvation to the whole world. In joyful response to his incredible generosity, even the fields, the floods, the rocks, the hills and plains are caught up in the party. But I wonder how joyful you're feeling this Christmas. Even in normal times, this season can be exhausting. The busyness, the hype can be overwhelming. Or maybe we just feel indifferent or even cynical about Christmas and we just don't want to go there, especially this year. Let's not lose sight of where this festival comes from. The Bible consistently describes Jesus' birth with hope and optimism and yes, joy. The first Christmas was a game changer worth remembering and celebrating every year since. So as we start to prepare for a very different kind of festive season, let's pause and let's allow ourselves to be caught up again in the wonder of this incredible story, which is full of hope and joy. Oh, and even though we can't sing it together, there's nothing to stop us singing along with this carol on our own, right? And that's the first of 10 short films that we're making. And our plan is to release two each week in the run-up to Christmas. And we'd actually love you to share them on social media, but I'll talk more about that a bit later. Joy to the World was written by a hymn writer called Isaac Watts in 1719. So that's just over 300 years ago. Now, Isaac Watts was a pastor and a theologian and one of our most prolific English hymn writers. I think he published over 750 hymns. He was really influential in the worship life of the church. You know, for centuries before that, congregations have been singing the Psalms literally as they were written in the Bible or translated into English, which is really hard because the way that the Psalms are written as poetry, they don't have the regular, a regular number of syllables per line and they're pretty hard to write coherent tunes to. Um, I don't know if you're aware of plain chant, you know, and how the monks would chant psalms and they would just stay on one word for a long time. And you'd never know kind of how long each phrase was going to be. It was really hard to follow. I've tried it. I've tried following on with some monks as they've been worshipping that way. And it's just hard work. Um, Watts, Isaac Watts introduced a new way of adapting the words of a psalm into verse form with much more of a regular meter, as in the number of syllables in the line, and a regular rhyme scheme and repetition. Much like the folk songs of the day, and that made them really easy to sing and easy to remember. And that's kind of exactly what he did here with this carol, Joy to the World, which is mainly based on Psalm 98. Now, this slide that I'm going to show you demonstrates the difference between some of the verses of Psalm 98 and puts them alongside the words of joy to the world. And you can see that the words are similar. They're sort of talking about the same thing. They're sort of saying the same thing. But the way that he's written it, he's arranged the words very differently. And this is from the uh, ESV, the English Standard Version of the Bible. Don't forget that Isaac Watts would have had the King James Version, which is even more old fashioned. Let's take a few minutes to look at Psalm 98 in a bit more detail. This is a hymn of praise, which celebrates God's kingship of the whole world and describes some of the marvellous things he's done. In verses 1 to 3, I'm going to read it for you. It says, I'll sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right arm and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. In these first three verses, the psalmist is basically saying that God has done an incredible work of salvation. By rescuing Israel from slavery, from captivity in Egypt. All of the surrounding nations have seen what God has done for his people, the psalm says. And therefore they can see that he is the God who saves. Let's look at the next three verses, four to six, it says this, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth, break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound of melody. With trumpets and the sound of horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. These verses are saying that God is not just the King of Israel, But actually he's the king of the whole earth and the encouragement is for all people in the earth to join in with the celebration with music and instruments. A lyre is a type of stringed instrument and singing and the encouragement is to make a joyful noise. Remember we've talked about this in the past few weeks. Worship is about what's going on in our hearts as we sing. And the encouragement here is make a joyful noise. This is God. He is your king. He has saved you. He has saved the whole world. And then verses 7 to 9 say, Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity. The call is to not just the people of the earth, but the whole of the earth itself, all of creation, the seas, the rivers, the trees, the hills, all should join in the jubilant praise of the one true God. And at the end, there's a note about what kind of king he is, how he will rule, how that he will ultimately judge the world, but he'll do it with righteousness and fairness and equity. And it's funny, isn't it? Because this psalm forms the basis of Joy to the World, one of the most popular Christmas carols. And yet it doesn't seem to be about the Christmas story. It doesn't even mention the baby Jesus. But much of the Old Testament points to the coming of the king. The psalms and the prophetic writings particularly talk about a Messiah who will come from the line of David and who will rescue and save not only his people, but the whole world. And so as well as celebrating what God has already done for Israel, this Psalm is also prophetically looking forward, anticipating what God will do for the rest of the world. And of course, we know that he does that through Jesus. And so Isaac Watts takes these words and plus a couple of verses from Psalm 96, which is very similar in tone and style, and he applies them to the birth of Jesus. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. This is about the incarnation, the coming of God to the earth as a baby in the story that we know so well, but sometimes forget the meaning of. He's saying effectively, look, in Jesus, God has come to earth as the king to do the things he's promised to do, to rescue and to save us. Now there is a third verse That honestly doesn't get sung that much these days. Perhaps it's because it's a bit more obscure. Let's just have a quick look at that. The words of the verse say, no more let sins and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And this verse actually comes from two verses in Genesis chapter 3, which is just after the fall of Adam and Eve. It says in verse 17 and 18, "'Cursed is the ground because of you. "'In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. "'Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you.' And you shall eat the plants of the field. This is God talking to Adam and Eve. And because of their disobedience in eating the forbidden fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, God judges them and he curses the ground where they should be enjoying an abundance of crops. And instead causes them and all the following generations to have to work the soil hard to survive. They're going to have to deal with thorns and weeds now in order to kind of make a living and keep going. And in his carol, Isaac Watts sort of points out that because of the arrival of Jesus as king to rescue the world, this curse will no longer apply. And where there was a curse before, now there is blessing. It's all part of the joyful story, even if it is a little obscure. And some people miss that verse out because it's hard to explain and understand. I think it's really important to remember that Christmas is a joyful occasion And even in a year when things have not been easy and I don't want to minimise the pain but I do want to remind us what Christmas is all about and I want us to put the truth of the Bible front and centre because first and foremost Christmas is about Christ, it's about Jesus and that might seem really obvious but increasingly in our society it seems to me that the focus of Christmas is becoming Christmas itself. You know, we seem to have a season without any coherent reason. So rather than the traditional heart of Christmas, you know, God coming to earth as a baby, Christmas seems to be coming to focus solely on memories of the past, on parties and eating and presents, none of which are bad in themselves, but none of which are the real purpose for why we celebrate. For some people, I think Christmas is just about Christmas. And, you know, that's really hard, particularly if because of COVID, we can't even do the things that we would normally do. Where does that leave us then? And however we choose to celebrate, it's so important that we remember that Christmas is more than just Christmas. Christmas is about Jesus. And that really is something to celebrate, as this carol says, really joyfully. And so, as I said in the video, it can be so easy to let cynicism or exhaustion or indifference take over. But this is a joyful occasion, one in which we can celebrate joyfully whatever circumstances we find ourselves in. And that is a message worth remembering and sharing. And so we're gonna celebrate and we're gonna enjoy this carol together in a few moments. But before we do, I just wanna take a f- couple of minutes to think about how we're gonna share this message um, in the run up to Christmas, and in particular around the whole area of social media. Now, this year, many of us have had to become a bit more familiar with social media in order just to stay in contact with our friends and our loved ones. My wife Jo, you know, she staunchly avoided sites like Facebook for years. But in lockdown, even Jo started a Facebook account, now you can't keep her off it. And of course, social media contact is not the same as the real thing, but in the absence of the real thing, it's helped many of us to stay connected to each other and to the church community. You know, we've been able to share ideas and information. And we've been able to watch our weekly services together and other videos. And we've interacted alongside them in the chat. You know, since we've been broadcasting our services online, we've had so many guests join us. Because it's so easy just to come to church anonymously and check us out from the comfort of your own home. And by the way, if you're a guest today and you're watching from the comfort of your own home, you're so welcome. Thank you for joining us. We would love to get to know you more and find out a bit more about you. Why don't you say hi in the chat and we'll get back to you and say hello. And also I want to say thank you to those of you who have shared our services and some of our posts on your own Facebook page or on your own Instagram page or social media. And we would really like to tap into the power of social media as we head towards Christmas this year. You see, more than any other season in the year, this is the time when people might consider going on to a church service. And this year, for obvious reasons, most of our content is gonna be online, which gives us probably the easiest opportunity we've ever had to invite friends, colleagues, family and neighbours to join in and celebrate with us. Social media gives us an incredible opportunity to share good news and engaging content Let me just fill you in on a couple of stats about Facebook. You know, in the UK, Facebook has 44 million users. That's two-thirds of the population. It's spread right across the ages, but the largest age group is between 25 and 34. And you know what? 44% of the population, that's about 29 million people, are on Facebook every single day. And for an average of around 23 minutes a day. Now, that's some pretty impressive stats. And any person or organisation who wanted to engage with their audience or their customer base or their community, well, they're going to be on Facebook in some way, aren't they? Because you can't not. If you create content that engages people, whether it's a great photo or a classic comedy sketch, whether it's an awesome song or a rousing political speech or the UK blessing, whatever, whatever the content is, then Facebook is one of the key places that that content is going to be shared and shared and shared and shared until it goes viral. It's the same on Twitter and Instagram, but I'm focusing on Facebook right now. And so let's imagine what this might mean for us as a church community, wanting to start inviting people to engage with us and with the Christmas story and potentially to celebrate our carol service with us this December. Let's just say, for example, that we posted a short video today to kick off our keep calm and carol on campaign. You know, it's easy to watch. Hopefully it's interesting and engaging. It's not too churchy. And as well as us posting it on our Facebook, we we want to invite all of you to share the content by reposting it on your social media page or your story or both so that all of your friends can see it. And let's just do a bit of math. Let's just say that there are about 100 people in our church who decided to share it on their own Facebook page. There's probably more than that, but I'm going to keep the figures rounded and manageable for now and let's just say that those hundred people post the video and it's seen by all of their friends because it will come up as they scroll through their Facebook feed you know the worldwide average number of Facebook friends I look this up is 338 now this isn't a competition to see who has the most Facebook friends Um, but let's say conservatively that say 200 of your friends see that post in their own news feed Well, to start with, that's a potential audience of 100 times 200, 20,000 people, all literally with just a few clicks. Now, let's just say that a quarter of those 20,000 people actually stopped to watch the video, you know, all the way through. Well, that's about 5,000 people engaging with our content today. And let's say that they enjoy it. And it kind of hooks them in or engages them emotionally and they learn something and it makes them think about christmas or feel something and some of them even like it they click the like button and others make a comment you know when you post it you can even ask an engaging question as you post it something that opens up the conversation like hey so how are you feeling about christmas this year or how are we going to celebrate when we can't sing carols together And maybe one or two of your friends have a look at that and they go, yeah, good question. And they start to engage with you and you have a chat and a meaningful, interaction on facebook and then on wednesday we post our second video which is a different carol and you can do the same thing again and our plan is to do this twice a week so that it will gain traction in the run-up to christmas to the point where we can use these conversations and the relationships to go one step further and actually invite people to our carol service which we're going to do online and if we're allowed to we're also going to try and do it in the venue we'll give you full details about that next week You know, some of us are really at home on social media and will be really confident to do this or perhaps with Twitter or Instagram or uh, LinkedIn or whatever. But but there might be others for whom this is all a bit new and maybe we just need a little bit of help to grow in confidence. And so I've uh, asked Chris, who is our resident social media ninja, to give us a quick practical lesson on how to do this on Facebook. So just for a couple of moments over to Chris.
1: I'm just gonna show you a few ways that you can share what we're putting out as a church uh, to your friends and family and and colleagues etc so it's so simple on Facebook this is what's great Uh, I'm here on Facebook Just homepage facebook.com and the first place you want to go is to the Winchester Vineyard Church so you type it out Winchester Vineyard and there it is Winchester Vineyard Church click on that one and it's the top option here the Winchester Vineyard Church page it says place church Click on that one. And there's a few ways to share and interact with our posts. So firstly, a a way that helps our posts get out there to more people in our community is just simply liking them. When people like posts, Facebook goes, oh, okay, that's cool, people like that post, we're gonna show more people because it seems like a lot of people like it. So a way that you can so easily help our posts reach more people is just to like them. So that's a great way to start. And then when it comes to sharing and inviting friends, there's a few ways to do that as well. So the easiest way and the most simple way is just to hit share and share now with friends. That puts whatever is in the post onto your page and goes into your friends' news feeds so that the people that you're friends with on Facebook will see this post and it will say that you've shared it. Um, and you can do that with anything, any of our posts, you can do it with, with our Sunday service, any videos, anything that we've put out as the church on our page, you can then share. And it will just copy it completely and have it under your name, but it will still show that it's from the Winchester Vineyard Church. Um, the second way that's slightly more personal and lets you write something with it, is to go share and then uh, share to newsfeed. So it's the second option there and it's here you can select who to so this is going to be to my friends and this is where you can write something so you can go for this post about our christmas campaign hey look these are the things that we're looking for uh, to do over christmas to bring hope to our community do you want to get involved or you could do it with our sunday service share on here on a video it's more options than share to newsfeed And again, it's got the video here from our Sunday broadcast and a chance for you to write. So you can go, hey, this is what happened on Sunday. Or if it's as you do it live, so you can share it as we go live on a Sunday and go, hey, join our Sunday church service right now. I think you'll love it. And it also gives you a chance to talk about Jesus and say, this is what Jesus has done in my life. This is why I love him. This is my testimony. And you can watch our church service here right now it's a great chance to do both of those things at once. Online just makes it so easy and it would be a real shame to miss this opportunity.
0: Thanks, Chris. Hopefully that's helpful for you. And we'll release that video separately in the next few days. And also part two, which Chris has recorded, called how to host a watch party. So look out for that. Now, as I said, we're in the process of making 10 short videos, around two minutes each, and each of them exploring a different Christmas carol. And we'll be releasing two each week in the run-up to Christmas on a Sunday and on a Wednesday. And we're going to start with that video of Joy to the World straight after this service. They'll be on Facebook, on Instagram and on Twitter. And please do share them. And like Chris showed us, please do add in your own comments or your own invitation or interaction with friends and contacts. If you don't know what to say, maybe say something something simple like, well our church is helping us think about how to celebrate Christmas even though we can't sing carols together. Check out this video or ask the question, how are you feeling about Christmas this year? Like I said earlier, to be honest, it's better if it's in your own words. Just be yourself, be authentic. This isn't meant to be some huge fancy corporate campaign. This is about sharing the good news of Jesus. And Christmas is just a great time to do that. And if you feel you can get involved, we would love you to join in. And if being on social media is quite a stretch for you, if you feel out of your comfort zone doing this, well, first of all, ask for help. There are plenty of people around who can advise you. Um, But secondly, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. He's really at home on social media. He can work through any medium. And so please do share the video after today's service. And let's join together in a moment and sing Joy to the World. And as we're doing that, let's remember all that God has done for us by sending Jesus at Christmas. Just see and then uh...